everybody, and welcome to the 33rd episode of the Meeple Dungeon Podcast. As always, I'm Rob. And I'm Anna-Marie. And this episode is sponsored by Meeples and Milkshakes. Visit them in-store at 130 Westminster Avenue West, Penticton, BC, or online at meeples.ca. Yes, go check them out. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, some stuff from meeples.ca later on in this episode. But yes, we have got a bunch of things we need to cover in this episode. So we are going to run right on in. To our new to the collection. We had something show up like two days ago, three days ago. Yes. That we've been waiting for for a long, ever. long, yes. long In fact, time. it had been sitting on store shelves, including at meeples.ca and in store. Meeples and milkshakes. Yeah. For uh, <laughs> since the fall. Yeah. And we hadn't received our copy until now. So we kickstarted this game. What are we talking about? We're talking about Marvel United X-Men. Oh, so... Man. We backed this ages ago. Ages um, ago. And but we did the two-wave shipping. We did the single-wave oh, shipping. we did the single-wave <clears throat> shipping? Yeah, two-wave is when it gets split. So you get oh. the stuff up front, and then you wait, and you get all the extra stuff later, so you pay more money oh. to, add, to do that. We didn't do that. <laughs> so, uh, and I didn't, well, in our defense, I didn't think it would take this long uh, no. to, to receive it. But we did get it, so, and we Yay. didn't even have all that much, <laughs> like, compared to others who get, like, refrigerator boxes full of oh, stuff yeah. we only had four boxes only. in the one <laughs> box so we had obviously the uh marvel united x-men original game that has all the classic characters of wolverine and cyclops and storm and so forth right yeah. but then included in that um was the giant stretch goal box oh my goodness there's so many yeah and it's got like so many I, I, we can't even go over that there's no. like 50 characters or something in that you'd box. fall asleep while we read them off yeah <laughs> and then also if we backed it on kickstarter we were also given well for quote unquote free the x-men x-force um box which has a few cool characters in it like cable mm-hmm. and uh domino and uh, two or three others but then we we chose to add on what one did we choose to add on the uh, guardians of the galaxy yes because we end. love the guardians of the galaxy so we had to add that into our our box. Yeah, and that one comes with uh, uh, Ronan, Star-Lord, Groot, Rocket, and Gamora. Yeah. And I found it really interesting. It kind of stuck out on the cover for for this game where it includes one, two, three, four, five characters. They only show four of them on the cover. It <laughs> is weird. That was strange. <laughs> but it shows the... It shows, um, uh, Bad guy, Ronan. Yeah, but right. he's one of the five. Oh, right. There's right? only five. There's five, and they, and show they showed four. four. Of them on the front. I thought yeah, that that's... was just strange. I mean, who did they leave out? Gamora? Gamora, yeah. That's weird because she's usually a big, big selling feature, right? Like, you'd think. Well, you Gamora. have like, because you got like Rocket and Groot, and yeah. then you, you'd think it would be Ronan and Gamora fighting against each other, right? Like, yeah, you'd the think big... she'd be there. She looks really like, And then Star Lord awesome has character. to be. Oh, it's just course. funny. I mean, whatever. She's on the back. It was just. That is a strange It was just weird. Is she anywhere on the box? Is she on the edges or anything? She's on the back. Like, they've got her on the back and stuff. What about on the edges? They have some of the artwork on the edges. No, of the it's box. the same. Oh, the okay. same ones on the back. But wow. it was just that funny. Like if they would have had even seven and only like six and only four of them were on. Right. If they left off a couple, but, but to there's leave her room. Options. You could have like squeezed her in somewhere. You in would there. Think. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I'm excited. Yeah, it. and our little guy is a is huge into X Men, and oh, when yeah. I opened this up up this box, he was just super excited, and he asked me, he's like, "Is Wolverine in there?" And I was like, "Yes, yeah, Wolverine." <laughs> And, uh, but yeah, in the original, in the, in the, just the X-Men box, there's Professor X, which is cool, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Beast, Wolverine, and Storm. Those are all the, the heroes you can play with. And you can play against, uh, full-on 
evil juggernaut and Sabretooth. And then I think the purple characters are like the ones that could be used in between. Um, and that's Magneto and Mystique, which okay. is uh, kind of par for the course. But then, yeah, there's the huge stretch goal box that's got like literally like 50 characters yeah. in it. Which I'm super excited for because we, uh, we got a, um, I don't know, paint, what is it? Yeah, the paintbrush. The paintbrush, yeah, airbrush. for airbrush. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, she got um, us that for, for Christmas. We got that at Christmas. It's like a super duper airbrush system where we can both be painting at the same time. And and we haven't tried it out yet. No. And I think that this will be the perfect uh, the perfect mini. These will be the perfect minis to start it out on because they're detailed but not too detailed. And they might uh, be a little bit more forgiving as yeah. we're learning. <laughs> I, just, so. I just grabbed the box. I'm banging into things here. But... Um, but there's like dark Phoenix in here. Like mm -hmm. that's really cool. Um, there's, you know, classic uh, villains like toad and blob and pyro, but then there's a whole bunch of like, there's cloak and dagger. Um, and then there's some of the Canadian ones like Sasquatch and um, the guardian and North star and yeah, lots of cool things. Sauron's cool. in here. Yeah. Omega red, you know, Lots. lots, lots of cool ones, but that's only like a fraction of what is actually in this box. Yeah. But I'm going to put that down. <laughs> While you're putting that down. <laughs> we'll yeah. Go what to else like do we get? We have a couple more we want to talk about. Our newly acquired. Yeah. <laughs> new to the collection as well. So this was a pre-order that I had done that came in. Um, and that is Rescuing Robin Hood, uh, designed by Bryce Brown, art by Paul Vermeesh, and uh, uh, sorry, published by Castillo Games. Mm -hmm. And this one... It's a it's kind of a, it's a family game. It's a co-op uh, family deck building game, yeah. which I thought was neat, neat, like a cooperative game there. And um, it's it's different, a different take on Robin Hood because usually it's Robin Hood going in and rescuing everyone, um, yeah, saving the day. You know, rescuing Robin Hood. Um, yeah, this one you've got uh, all the a lot of the villagers have been um, arrested by the sheriff of Nottingham, and so typically they're you know Robin's going to save them. But in this case, uh, the sheriff has captured Robin as well. So Robin's right. been taken with them. So what you're doing is you're uh, you're building up your deck. You're getting different, um, you're, you're band together. So you're going to save villagers. And the more villagers you save, you have more of a pool to choose from. And yeah. then at the end, you're going to uh, try to rescue Robin Hood. So you, he gets to be rescued. So yeah, it just, it looks like a lot of fun. It's a 10 plus, so you can, and I'd imagine you could play, it's a co-op game, so you could play younger than that, I'm thinking. I haven't played it yet, but, um, and it's, it says about 20 minutes per player, so it's going to be a pretty, pretty nicely paced game, I think. And mm -hmm. yeah, I'm just excited because I love Robin Hood. Oh, I love yes, the theme love of Robin, Robin Hood, Hood and being able to play the kids like it too. So I think this is going to be a... Yeah, particularly our, our little guy actually was really into Robin Hood. And we have the other one. We have the Adventures yes, of Robin Hood from Cosmos that we haven't played yet as well. So we're going to get to both of those. You know, that might be a cool episode to do where where we uh, we decide which of these two Robin Hood games is better. Oh. That'd be kind of neat. But, yes. or deliberate about what's I was going to say, I always find those so difficult because like, oh, but they're both so good. Or, eh. I know. <laughs> but yes, yeah. I agree. That but it might be, be an one. interesting exercise to, to look at them. And, uh, yeah. you know, compare them. I agree. And I have another one to talk about here. Um, so this one I've had my eye on for quite some time. And we ended up Me getting too. this uh, through a sale at Meeple's. And um, uh, I just had to pull the trigger on it. And this one is in the Hall of the Mountain King. And this is... Um, this one's published by Burnt Island Games and designed by Jay Cormier and Graham 
Yawns or Johns, I'm not sure which, but Jay Cormier is Canadian, right? He's from yeah, he's been on Vancouver. What You Been Playing Wednesdays with yeah. us, right? Yeah. So, yeah, very very cool. Um, and yeah, this one just looks cool. It it as far as I know, you're trolls and you're um, <laughs> um, so kind of odd. You're usually not trolls from the cover with a gigantic troll. On yeah, <laughs> but um, we surmise that we're trolls. Yeah, and it says here it says territorial denial, cascading production, magic and muscle, an innovative game for two to five trolls that is easily to learn or easy to learn and hides rich depths. And it, it's got a little bit of lore here. It says, uh, the war was generations ago, driven from our ancestral home beneath the mountain. We have been scratching out survival in the cold and the dirt. But now something has happened. We feel it in our bones. Without the soul of our people to sustain it, the mountain has collapsed, taking our revenge for us. Our enemies have fled and the rubble of our ancient halls calls out for we trolls to come home. By claw and by hammer, we will return to our home. And our home will return to us. That's so cool. It, it's funny. You're reading it and I'm thinking of dwarves and like yeah, the Hobbit and things like that. But having um, throwing the, the but troll, trolls are in the caves. Right. So it's. Yeah. Yeah. Just it's it's an unusual um, theme to uh, yeah. be the trolls. Trolls are prevalent in, in many, 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 but they're many usually the games. bad guys. But being the trolls. Yeah, yeah. It's very cool. I mean, being dwarves is, is prevalent. But like, yeah, you yeah, never. This is just one you don't see very often. <laughs> so, and it's it's two to five players plays in roughly ninety minutes. I'm not exactly sure how it works, but um, it looks fun. That's uh, what we get to figure out. Looks like you're yeah. The board is kind of um, simulating you you digging into the mountain and getting to like the throne room or something. Awesome. I don't know. I don't know how it all works, but I just love the artwork. Artwork yeah. by um, Quanchi Moria, obviously nice. very very nice. Yes. Um, yeah. No, I. As soon as I saw the box, I was like, ah, this looks like something for me. It looked very Lord and of the Rings. And we've been looking and looking and looking at it. Yeah. And, and over and finally, over and over. Finally pulled the trigger on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's three new things to the collection. One that we've been waiting for, for what seems like an eternity. <laughs> and, um, but the other two, yeah, we just picked up recently. But that's enough about our uh, new to the collection. We have got some pre-orders to talk about. So we're going to run on over to our crowdfunding slash pre-order segment. Alrighty then, here we are at our crowdfunding slash pre-order segment of the episode, and we have uh, several to talk about here today. So the first thing we're going to talk about, um, so all of these games we're going to talk about are all up for pre-order on meeples.ca. That's where we That's got right. all of them. Um, they just had a whole whack of new stuff come in on uh, April 29th, 8th, yep. something like that. So, yeah, make sure to go check that out. But we, yeah, we got in on a few things here. So the first one we're going to talk about is a card game that we've been playing a bunch of. And this is the three new Ashes Reborn uh, hero decks or whatever yeah. you want to call them. I don't know if they're called hero decks, but um, they are fantastic. These come from Plaid Hat Games. So these are the playable characters, pre-built, constructed um Pre-constructed. Yes. <laughs> Not constructed. <laughs> but yes, these are the new characters you can play. Um, there's three of them that we got. One is called uh, The Artist of Dreams, um, which looks like, I don't know, kind of like a Doctor Strange type character, like a kind of like a, yeah, some sort of mystical witch. 
Um, and there are two others. There are the uh, the scholar of ruin who looks like uh, some sort of druid with some huge axe. <laughs> yeah, it looks um, like an arrow, a gigantic arrowhead on as an yeah. axe. And um, there's a third one that we also got, and that one's called uh, the Ocean's Guard, I believe. And this one is uh, along the same lines as the Aquaman-style uh, hero with kind of uh, very Aquaman-looking, honestly, with the, the way the armor's shaped and, and looking. And I guess they control water and sea creatures, Yeah, it looks like you're like an ocean protectorate. Yeah, it says... Oh, uh, Abilities of a waterborne swarm Ooh, and tides of battle. So yeah, there's going to be uh, yeah lots of water stuff going on there. And Ashes Reborn is a game we've been uh, really getting into, especially over the last year yeah. or so. Um, we kind of I remember buying Ashes kind of on a whim, just because I'd seen it and and heard did, good did things. Did you hear it from Ryan, or did you just you no? Saw it? Yeah, no, I I just I remember I'd seen it ar- around just in passing basically yeah. and always thought it looked cool especially the new version with all the the just yeah. the artwork and the everything it just really attracted me and i remember we bought it i think on a sale and then we just kind of randomly i randomly posted about playing like oh we're gonna d- jump into ashes and see what this is all about and then ryan right, yeah he was yeah. like wow it, like you guys play too you guys play we gotta <laughs> play so we started playing Lots yeah, of you stuff guys did that online. Ryan Rao, online. yeah, Mr. Rao. Mr. Rao. Yeah, we uh, gangsta teacher name. <laughs> yeah, we play a lot on. Uh, well, we've played a lot in the past, and we've played a couple games recently. Um, but yeah, you can check that out on his YouTube channel. I like uh, I like Ashes Reborn because uh, I just cannot figure out magic at all. No, yeah, this is way more user friendly. Yeah, it's for me. It's a game where I don't feel completely devastated like i don't feel no, lost because it's, it's it's got dice rolling in it and it's well so does magic but this has it's different well, kinds of dice and it yeah. does different things and i um yeah i really like this this game. is this is way more geared towards your casual person and it's just kind of easier to follow there's not too many rules it's like the easy listening of <laughs> magic the gathering it's not magic i'm not saying it is but no. it's like it's like the easy listening version where you yeah and i think it it has uh, i'm downplaying it and it's making it sound bad and it's not <laughs> no it's definitely not <laughs> it, like, it's simpler to play but there's still a lot of um it's very different it's it, yeah, it's still it very, it's different very different, different. we highly recommend it if you like magic and netrunner and okay so the only connection is that like they're that. both card games <laughs> yeah, well, they're a dueling card game. A dueling yeah. card games. And it's oh very, very gosh. good it's to the I point where we bought everything for it. Yeah. Every time we see a new deck of any sort, we buy it. And yes. it's great. So those are, yeah, those are available on Meeple's.ca right now for pre-order. And they're about $16 a pack. And that's about as good as it gets for those uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. those card packs. And what else do we got to talk about? There's another one here. Um, so this one is... Uh, from Alexander Pfister. And this is, a, and we are big Alexander Pfister fans. Um, and this one came, uh, yeah, this one was just announced not long ago. And the pre-order uh, came out a lot faster than I anticipated. And that's Sky Mines. And um, this is being published by Deep Print Games and Pegasus Spiel, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so this one is, well, another Alexander Pfister. And this one. It takes place on the moon. Yeah, I it's a, a re-implementation of Mombasa. I yes. Think, Mombasa? Yes. And you have you played Mombasa? I have no. not played Mombasa. So I've played Mombasa, I think, twice. Kurt has it. And I've I really enjoyed it. And that's all about um uh you're 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 investing in companies. And the and Mombasa is well, 
it's it, it takes place in East Africa and it's kind of a dry theme. Gotcha. So you're it's it's very. I believe I can't remember what the things you had in. I yeah. believe there was coffee beans and I believe there were. Uh, what was there? I, I don't remember. But th- what you were dealing in for the it's a companies... lot more dry compared to space. Yes, that's what I was <laughs> saying. Like, it, it was a great game. Don't get me wrong. I really like Mombasa. The theme turned me off from ever trying it. But then Kurt's like, man, this game is really, really good. You got to try this. So I played it and it was good. Like the whole, all the mechanics, everything about it was great. Investing in different companies and trying to sewer mm-hmm. each other and stuff. <laughs> really, really good. And I really enjoyed it. And I don't, the only reason I don't own it is because, well, I can't really find it. And but at the Kurt same rate, it. he has it and I probably won't play it unless he's around, generally speaking. So, um, it, but, but it is a great game. But this is basically a, a reimagining um and well slight tweaking of mumbasa into sky mines which is it's the same kind of concept about companies um and they're mining on the moon and yeah. asteroids and things and, and there's there's these different uh things you can invest in and again you're trying to invest in things you're trying to sewer each other and, and yeah. you know so i don't know i i love the idea of it because i i get theme is huge for me and when it's yeah. dry, it really can take me out of a game where this one, where we're mining on the moon, it just speaks to me. So yeah. this is one we're going to get. I love how you can have the same theme and totally different games. You know, like, obviously you can do that, but you got Sky Mines oh, yeah. here where it's an Alexander Fister and it's obviously it's going to look like companies and things like that. Mm-hmm. But then you've got like Welcome to the Moon yeah. and it's a totally different like roll and write doing mm-hmm. you know it's just or drawn right like it's just totally yeah, different which is actually kind of a very very similar theme, theme. you're right that's yeah, what i mean it, yeah just but and like extremely different games but you know what this is kind of reminds me of is when um gaia project came out yeah um on top of uh, the success of of uh terra mystica uh, terra mystica and how it improved on the things that terra mystica was lacking in and mm-hmm. created well in most people's opinion a superior game i know people out there are going to hate on me for that but uh generally speaking a lot of people seem to prefer gaia project over terra mystica but um and maybe this will be the case here maybe this will be a slight um improvements and tweaks that might maybe push this game over the edge over mumbasa certainly will for me strictly on the theme alone yeah. <laughs> and it was similar with mind you i'm very very much 50 50 on loving fantasy and loving sci-fi so yeah. the two themes with terra mystica and and Gaia. Gaia Project, I was very much in on both. So that wasn't a huge issue. But there was just small problems with Terra Mystica that yep. I found that they Tweaked fixed for yep. Gaia Project that uh, made that game extraordinarily yep. awesome. And maybe that's the case here. Either way, uh, yeah, we decided to back it. And it is, uh, I believe there's still some copies left uh, for Sky Mines on, um, oh, there's one. <laughs> <laughs> so as of this recording, what, what day are we on here? Tuesday. May- May the third, something like that. Yeah, yeah May third. So May third. Uh, there's one copy left uh, for pre-order on meeples.ca. So go check that out. Um, but we have one more game. One more game to talk about, and this one. So you will have, if you've heard our other podcast if you listen to them all we've talked about this one before we did when it was on kickstarter or game founder whichever one it was it was a uh, game found yes i want to say if i remember the page correctly it was game found yeah um, but because <laughs> you could actually 
find yeah. what you're looking for. This is one that I really wanted really, 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 really badly. Yep. And we didn't get it because, and it made sense. It totally made sense. We didn't get it because it is also a video game mm-hmm. and one of your favorite video games. Yes. And the argument, which it's like <laughs> the only argument that to- that made sense for why you wouldn't want to get the game was that I just know that every time I'm playing this board game, I would rather be playing the video game <laughs> yes. because it was so <clears throat> good. And, and that game is? Skyrim. Skyrim, the uh, adventure board game. This comes to us from Bethesda and uh, Modifius Entertainment, I believe. Um, and yeah, so Skyrim. Everybody knows about Skyrim. You've probably heard of it. You may not have played it, but you've probably heard of and it. That's it's a me. massive massive yeah. video game i've watched you play it but i've never played yes. it because i'm not a super good i was video obsessed gamer. with it i played and played and played yeah. it's one of the top games i've ever played as far as hours invested into a game yeah and i absolutely loved it and then when i heard about the board game coming i was like oh that's gonna be great I'm, I'm super excited for this but then after looking at it and everything i was just like yeah this does look awesome and everything but, but now i just want to play the i game. just want to go back <laughs> and play the video game and yeah we discussed this at length um before but and so that was when it was crowdfunding on GameFound. Uh, but then it popped up here on meeples.ca for pre-order. And Unbeknownst there to was me. only three <laughs> copies coming. And I was like, uh, I know she really wanted this. <laughs> so, you know what? I'm just going to get one of the core boxes and see how it goes. And if this yeah. game, uh, if we get right into it and you want to get more for it, we'll get more for it. But I thought, why not? Because uh, currently right now there's two left. So I've got one of the three coming to us. And there's Thank two you. left. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're welcome. And um, and I've got nothing against it. I want to play it. I just know I, I just makes me think of the video game and I want to go right back to it. <laughs> yeah, it was but, nothing against the board game. No, not at all. It was and just it looks more of a fantastic. testament to how good the video game was. Yeah, and it's a co-op or version. And, and to its uh, defense, it is, it is different yes. than the... This takes video place this, before. Yeah, right, exactly. This takes place before. So in the video game, you're playing as the dragonborn. You're playing as this uh, person of a, depending on what race, race you, choose, you picked, yeah. um, is uh, basically has dragon blood and uh, in them. And they can use kind of like superpower sort of things, like these things called shouts. And they're just like ultra crazy warriors with kind of dragon blood. But this takes place uh, before that with a group of these um, protectors of the realm, sort of, so to speak, uh, called the Blades. So in the game, it's a co-op and yeah. we can play this together. And you and still get to create your character just like you do in yeah, the video so, game. So there's out, like, the elements that are there. And- yeah, it says it's a living board game. It's got customizable characters, upgradable equipment, quests and cards, combat systems, dungeon crawling. You know, a lot of things that we really enjoy. Yeah. So... Yeah, we got a core box coming to us. And um yeah. Pretty hopefully <laughs> you know, and you know, hopefully we're able to if we want to get a hold of a few more of the uh expansion stuff cuz there's a whack of stuff here for this game yeah. that we aren't getting. Yeah. Um but uh we might down the road. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. But yeah, that's the Elder Scrolls Skyrim the adventure game. Uh coming to us from Bethesda and what was that company again? Modifius? Yeah, Modifius, Modifius yeah. Entertainment. So, yeah, we're stoked on all these. So, if yeah. any of these sound good to you, go check out meeples.ca and you will uh, 
you'll find them there as well. There's a few copies of each of these left and a whole whack of other games. So, oh, yeah, they uh, had a ton. I think they out. had like 40 or 50 new on top pre-orders of the on ones there. that they already had. Yeah, so like, I mean, new pre-orders, yeah. like stuff that they hadn't listed before. So go check that out. Um, but you know what? We have uh, a review to do. So uh, we're going to head on over to our final segment of the episode right after this. Meeples and Milkshakes is a great place for all sorts of gaming fun. They offer a stay and play library with over 500 games, yummy eats like delicious milkshakes, tasty treats, and scrumptious sandwiches all made in-house. And they host a board game meetup every Wednesday and Friday at 7pm. Not only does Meeples and Milkshakes have a wide variety of games to purchase in store, they also have an extensive catalogue of games available online at meeples.ca. Their easy-to-navigate web store features new arrivals and restock sections, which are being constantly updated. Looking for the new hotness? Check out their pre-order pages. That's right, there are multiple pages of pre-orders with hundreds of titles to choose from. Oh yeah, they also ship across Canada. Check out Meeples and Milkshakes and their friendly, knowledgeable staff in person at 130 Westminster Avenue West in Penticton, BC, or online at meeples.ca. Alrighty then, here we are at our final segment of the episode, and it is time to do another Meeple Dungeon Review! (laughs) (laughs) And uh, what are we reviewing today, Anna-Marie? We are reviewing Merchants of the Dark Road, designed by Brian Suray, I think, and art by Andrew Bosley, and published by Elf Creek Games. Yes, Merchants of the Dark Road and Elf Creek Games. Elf Creek Games has made one of your favorite games of all time. Is that Atlantis Rising? Yes, Atlantis Rising. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But um, yeah, Elf Creek Games, great people. I've met a few of them and worked with them. Actually, you have too. I did, yeah. Yeah, No, I didn't work with them. I um, worked beside them, Beside them, I should say, at a few different conventions. But yeah, um, Merchants of the Dark Road. This is a cool one. This is an interesting game. Um can you explain the theme because the theme yeah. is you were explaining about the the darkness and, yeah. and all that stuff so the year it so you're in this city or in this world and the the world is basically the four seasons are 13 weeks each that's right and so the entire season of winter is spent entirely in the dark so this game there are 13 rounds and each of those rounds represents one week of the dark winter. So there's no daylight. It's all darkness. Right. And so in that, um, in that dark, you still need to survive. So you still need merchants. You still need commerce. You know, business has to go on. People mm-hmm. need things. Um, so in, in merchants of the dark road, you're trying to be the most successful merchant who can, you know, not just get the most money, but you also have to, um, get prestige from doing daring things and, and different, um, actions. So you, you know, you gotta you gotta get both to be a great merchant during the winter. Yeah. Um. So that's that's essentially the theme, like what you're, what you're kind of doing in the game. Yeah, and it, it takes place in an old timey medieval style game, like more fantasy, like more like Game of Thrones kind of looking, but not with like dragon. Oh no, there is dragons and stuff, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. There's like so it's kind of Game of Thronesy looking, but like, um, it's, it's the frozen world of Lumi. Okay, I was there we just go. Looking, yeah. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's very much 
uh, dark and yeah, um, lots of fires lit around town mm-hmm. and, and you know things candlelight and stuff like that. So, what are we doing in this game? How does this game work? So everybody's going to have their own player board, and their player board is going to be basically uh, your cart, like your um, yeah. didn't realize trolley. that the first time we were playing. <laughs> Although it's extremely obvious. It's extremely <clears throat> obvious. Yes. I don't know That was funny. Why. She told me in like the start of our third game or something. She's like, oh, this is like the actual carriage the horse pulls. I'm like, yes. Like you, we're, and we're you had alluded to it. Car- well, you're attaching it to your, your cart. I'm like, you're putting your what cart? <laughs> yeah. I was so confused. Hilarious. <clears throat> uh, don't judge me by that, please. I was no. obviously having a moment. <laughs> yes. Uh, so you have, yeah, your player board is your, your carriage. Very your, obvious your carriage. Your horse is, is pulling around. You're going to start with a starting steed card, which is going to be your, what, uh, uh, horse or horse type thing is yeah. going to be uh, pulling your cart. You're also going to start with a few uh, basic items on your board, like uh, a horseshoe that allows you to do some different things. And you're going to start with a starting character that's going to be riding on your cart. And I think that's about it for that. Um, and then you're going to have the main board, which is made up of jigsaw style, uh, six jigsaw style boards, which are really cool. They click together like a jigsaw puzzle yeah, that's so neat. into a nice uh, rectangle. Um, and it has an awesome component up in the top left uh, corner of the board, which is this spinning uh, bizarre wheel. And by bizarre, I mean like, a the bazaar, great bazaar, yeah. like a, 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 a bazaar where you bar marketplace, where you yes. buy things, yeah. <clears throat> and um, on that player or on the uh, the main board, you're going to have uh, the great bazaar is one section. You're going to have the queen's commissions. You're going to have the ringway inn. You're going to have the dark market. You're going to have Yurg's excursions, as well. And within Yurg's excursions, you're going to have the ruins of Yin, um, which are kind of like caves and caverns. And then you're going to be able to travel beyond there out on the dark road. That's yep. the game. Yep. <laughs> and uh, out to these six little towns way out in the dark um, where you're kind of delivering goods to and delivering people to that are trying to get to these little towns. Um, and uh, they're trusting you to take them there. There's also, yeah, there's a bunch of things here. So there's um, in each of these sections, um, in between each section, there are actually four little, uh, additional buildings you can put into play. That comes with five of them. They're all two, uh, double-sided. So you have about 10 different buildings you can use. Um, and you put them out at random into these four spots and they give you, when you set it up a little, uh, uh, they give you a, their recommended four starting buildings. And yeah, so that's kind of how you set up the board. Um, you're going to have characters in one section called the Ringway Inn is where you're going to have uh, your characters that you're going to be able to find and you're going to be able to get them to come with you on your cart and you're going to try to deliver them out to um, the places that they want to go to, which are listed on their cards. And then, yeah, the Great Bazaar is a really cool area, but we'll talk about how all this works. Um, so on your turn, there's a few things you're going to be able to do. Um, you're going to be doing four different things, uh, planning, moving, acting, and resting. And during your planning phase, it's pretty neat. Um, on your player board, you're going to have, it's divided up into a whole bunch of different sections. Mm-hmm. You've got um, a place where you store all the goods that you're going to be hauling around. And those goods are, are in there like polyamino. It's poly- a grid. It's like Tetris trying Tetris to put these style. things together. Yeah, you're going to have yeah. a grid where you can hold all these different 
goods and you have to fit them all in in there and if they can't fit they don't they don't go it always it playing it it reminded me of my mom packing our van every time we yeah. could go to Saskatchewan for you know to visit family and she, mm-hmm. she would pack that thing like no other I like bet. it was so tightly packed perfectly we got fruit in there to take back to the family and just all sorts of things and all that's, the Okanagan fruit yeah, yeah to take back and it's so funny because this is exactly what you're doing in here you're packing your cart and you have to make sure everything fits you yeah. can only take what fits and uh, so that's on the, yeah, the backside of your player board, the backside of your uh, cart is the storage spot. And then in the front side is where you do all your, like your actions and you're going to have a bunch of dice. You're going to start the game with seven dice. Um, and you're going to be using these dice to do a lot of different things. Um, you're going to have three of them set in three starting spots, uh, set to a one, a two and a three. And I think there's one, two, three, four, a blank and a, uh, filled in number one. one. Yeah. So there's you six different faces to each die. Um, and you're going to have three of them set to one, two, and three in these in these uh, kind of like columns. They're not laid out particularly well, but um, yeah, you can call them kind of columns. And um, then you're also going to have below that a pool of four dice that are going to be rolled out in random and just kind of sitting there waiting for you. And these are your nighttime dice. They're all blue. Yeah, and they're, they're very all cool blue. looking dice. Yeah, but we'll get seven to that those, later. Three of which are sitting waiting in a particular... Uh, one or uh, these three particular spots. And then you're also going to have a sun, uh, sunshine, daytime, yellow dice, day. yellow yeah. one that you can use at different times as well. And so, those four just sit in the wagon wheel. Yes, they just <laughs> sit in the wheel. Yeah, ready for it. That's your, like, your little pool. Of they dice. really utilize every part of your cart. Yeah, and you're going to, what you're going to do on your turn is you're going to make a whole bunch of decisions depending on what dice you have available to you and where they're located. So if you want to use... Um, Okay, this is kind of hard to explain over the <laughs> podcast. Um, there's three columns. And where those three dice are, if you move one up, if you move the leftmost one up, you're going to move it in and you're going to be going to get a, a good. An item based on the die value that you have. Yeah, so there's lo- lots of different goods in this game. There's staves, there's armor, there's instruments, there's books, there's weapons, and there's potions. There's normal versions of those and then there's shiny fancy versions of those they flip them over and you get the gold version of those but if you use the leftmost die and you you move it up into its spot you're going to get a single normal good associated with the number of the that's a pips that's on the die that you slide into that spot well done (laughs) yes so (laughs) it is kind of tricky to uh to picture i can imagine while i'm explaining this it's kind of easy when it's in front of you but not so much uh, over audio. Um, and then you're going to slide whatever was in that slot up one into uh, kind of your action spot of the board. So you're kind of replacing die with each other and you're, you're bumping everything up. While you, yeah, while you do that, you're taking one of the die from your, from your, your pool, one of the blue die wheel from your wheel and putting it into the slot where you initially yeah. moved it from. And then the you move the one spot. that you bumped out of there up to the action spot. Yes. And so the other two spots you can do, are, uh, the middle one, you could move a die up into uh, the middle and take either a lantern, which you can use to do various things in this game, or you can place your uh, daytime sunshine yellow die into the other action spot at the top of your board. Or you can take the third action and it allows you to get $2 or spin the uh, Great Bazaar item wheel. Uh, item wheel 
uh, one spot forward. So that wheel um, has all six of the different uh, goods I, on yeah. it. And around it is going to ha- tell you what it's worth at any given point in the game. So as so you spin this around. because it changes yes. throughout the game. It changes constantly. Constantly. So this wheel is going to be spinning for many different reasons in the game. And whatever your uh, item, like say the staff, is next to the number three, the potions are next to the number four, the weapons are next to the number five, and so forth. That's, and that's how much they cost to purchase. Or sell. Or sell. Depending on where you are in the game. Yeah. For that for that particular item at this particular time in the game. But that changes all the time. Yep. So everything goes up and down and left and right as far as what they're worth. So those are the three basic um, uh, planning actions you can do. And then you move on to movement. So after you bumped up the die out of the, the slot that you put your die into, it ended up up in the action spot. And it's going to have a particular pip number on it as well. Whatever that pip is you get to move that many spaces clockwise around the, um, what do they call this? The Um, town, I guess. The ringway. Yeah, the ringway. Now, if you you happened to do the middle action where you also got to put your daytime die up there, you can choose to take the pip value of the nighttime die or the daytime die. So you get to choose. One or the other. Yeah, you don't combine them, but you get to choose one or the other. So if one is more beneficial, you can use that. And what you're going to do is you're going to have a little meeple uh, cart uh, of your color out on the board I in the spring lane. It's kind of the central cart. ring in the middle of <laughs> in the middle of the board uh, that allows you to go to uh, different intersections, kind of connecting you to different places like the Great Bazaar and the Queen's Commissions and Ring Ringway Inn and so forth. So you're going to move your cart. Simple as that. You're going to do the planning uh, phase that we just talked about. You're going to move your cart on the second phase to wherever your pips decide you to go. You're the other thing going you can clockwise. do is the horseshoes. So as you collect horseshoes in this game, you're going to be able to spend them to move your cart either one more forward forward, or even reverse by one because in this game, everything is clockwise. Except for when you use a horseshoe, you can actually take a back step by one if you'd like to. Right. Um, That's all you do for movement. And now wherever your cart is at, you're going to take actions. So if you only had one die to use, if you only bumped one die one of your nighttime die up into the action section, you're going to use it at one of two places. So every place you go to is going to give you access to two different places. Right. Um, Like for instance, if I place my little cart uh, in the top left of the uh, ringway, it'll be connected to both the Great Bazaar and the Queen's Commission. The Great Bazaar gives me access to all the different goods and the Queen's Commission gives me access to a whole bunch of, um, well, commissions. uh, What do you want? Orders. Yeah. Basically. So orders you want to fill yeah, to get money. Orders to fulfill. Yes. Victory, so yeah. you and you can or have prestige. kind of your pick of those things. So I would take my die, my nighttime die, and I would place it on one of those two things to show everyone this is where I'm going and this is what I'm doing. And you're gonna do whatever's available there. There's lots of different kind of things to do at these different places from getting goods, selling goods, getting these these commissions, um, picking up people, um, going on a trip. Uh, going to access these caverns, going to the dark market and getting things cheap and all these different things you can kind of do. If I'd played both die. So if you use the middle action and and got your sun die as well. Yeah. If I'd accessed or if I'd placed my, my sun die out there as well, I would have been able to do both 
the places that are connected to the intersection I'm at. So in that top left spot, I'd be able to place one die at the Great Bazaar and one at the Queen's Commission, and I'd be able to do both of them. And not only that, but I'd be able to bonus. do the bonus. There's a little street in between them that connects to one of the four random uh, buildings that you've put out, and you're going to have access to that as well. And those buildings also do random uh, types of things for you, giving you goods or giving you... Um, Upgrading your goods or letting you roll, letting you roll die dice for to get random things mm -hmm. and so forth. So every time you do add your sunshine die, it's going to give you access to, to like basically to three things. There's only one spot on the board where you're only going to get two. Yeah. But that's not that important. Um, and that's kind of something you want to do a lot, especially early on. Yeah. I find that you kind of want to get access every time it's your turn. You want to kind of try to default is from what I found to trying to access two places at once. Yes. So that's kind of how that works. And you're going to play out your two die. You're going to go to those different sections and you're going to do whatever it might say there. So you might uh, buy some goods and you're going to load them into the back of your cart and you might take a commission and you can hang it off the back of your cart. It's kind of like a chest that you're going to hang off the back of your cart and you have room for three of them and they're all going to be labeled. So the cool thing with the commissions is that they're labeled to go to different places. Yes. And over in the far right side of the board is where you're going to go on trips, um, out to these down the dark road, out to these little towns. And there's six towns out there that these goods and people need to be delivered to. And that's the whole, that's the crux of the game here is getting goods and people bringing them out to these six towns. So that's where the whole thing of Merchants of the Dark Road comes into play. Yeah. You're, you're doing all the collecting of all the stuff on the left-hand side of the board and you're delivering it all to the right-hand side of the board. Yes. And you have to time things out on uh, when it makes sense to go and do that. So what else are you going to do? You're also at the, so once you've done some actions like that, you've gone to a couple of different places, you're going to kind of reset the board if you've removed some characters from the board or what have you, you've taken some goods off the, off the Great Bazaar uh, wheel. You're going to roll those and put them back out and you're going to change kind of what's available for the next round. And then you're going to, uh, that's going to be it. You're going to take your die back. You're going to take the night die and you're going to put it aside. You're not going to put it back into your pool, but you're going to take your golden night or your golden day uh, daytime die and you're going to roll it and kind of put it back into your pool. And then it's going to be the next person's turn. So that's kind of how your turn works planning doing that whole sliding thing that goes on on the right side of your board which determines what you can do to move and then where you move to determines what you're able to do on your turn and uh, what how many action die you've you've put out determines how many actions you could take and that's kind of where you get to yes. <laughs> so the whole point of it though is to get to the dark road and deliver goods and people so the people, we should, we should go over the people. So down in the Ringway Inn, which is in the bottom left side of the board, is where there are a whole bunch of heroes hanging out. And you are going to go down there and you're going to try to get these people uh, to want you to deliver them to these places. And again, they're going to have a location listed on them. They're going to have three goods listed on them just by pictures. And, um, and their name and their uh, person type or whatever it was called. Yeah. And then um, the class, their same their class. class and then their destination they would like to go to. And if you had so, for instance, this person here is called uh, Emmeline. She has three items that she's interested in. She's interested in uh, instruments, weapons and armor. 
And if you have at least one of those things on your uh, cart that you're able to sell to her, she will uh, pay you the going rate, which is dictated by that wheel in the top left corner. And uh, so you'll lose that from your inventory, but then she'll join you on your cart. And then the next time you go to her place, which is uh, Farglin, <laughs> which is one of the little towns, uh, she you can drop her off there and you're going to get things for that. Right. And that's how you collect people uh, onto your cart is by going to that ringway in and, and getting them to buy something from you. And then they hop onto the cart and they're with you. And you can only hold three people on your cart at a time. Yeah. And each, like each, um, town that you go to has a different theme. Yes. So like for people, um, in Farglen, they're all bards, I believe they're, so you're delivering bards to Farglen and you're delivering skirmishers, um, to yep. Scorchborn and wizards to Cursecairn and lore masters to, to Nightpoem. You've got alchemists going to Windglass. So they all kind of yeah. they're associated with different things. Yes, and not only are they associated that way, but the the actual towns give you different things depending yes, on where you who go. you bring to these places, right? So when you go to Northbreak um, and Scorchburn, they're kind of in this top right part of the map. Um, you are, every time you deliver somebody there, you're going to get $2 for them. $2 per person. Yep. And that's yep. it. Every time you deliver a person to Windglass or Farglin, you're going to get two prestige prestige points for them. Every time you deliver to Nightpoem or Curse Cane, you're going to get one of each, a dollar and a prestige. Yep. That's simple. And uh, yeah, so we'll tell you how that stuff kind of comes into play after. But... Yeah, so that's kind of what you're doing. And also, same thing with the Queen's Commissions. You are trying to uh, fulfill orders on there. So the commission, say this one in front of me, going to Farglin, needs a book, a gun, and an armor. So if you can uh, go round and round and round the, the ringway and collect all three of those items, and then you make your way out to Farglin, you can deliver that, and you're going to get... Uh, so if you... If you fulfilled one item you'd get one prestige if you did two of the three you'd get three prestige if you did all three you'd get six prestige um and that's part of the strategy deciding do i try to fill up what i'm taking or do i just go and deliver yeah do i do i take what i've got and go or do i try to go around the ringway again trying to collect what i else i needed to, to make my way over there right are you wanting to go with when you deliver or were you doing that at another time? Because I was going to say something neat is that you don't always have to make your way there yourself. No. So that's that's exactly it. So when you go to this part of the board, the whole right board is, is basically what we're referring to here. And it, you to to access this part of the board, you have to go to Yurg's Excursions. <laughs> and he gives you the two options. You can go up to the Ruins of Yin, which is kind of a place for you to get upgraded items, upgraded items shiny items, the yeah. fancy items. They, um, or they sell for more. Yes. Or you can go on a trip. Simple as that. And you can take a trip and travel out to one of these three areas that have two towns in them each. So They're all color coded. So there's yeah, like a light green, a dark green, exactly. light blue, dark blue, light purple, dark purple. Yeah. So when you decide that it's time that you want to go out there and sell uh, some uh, or uh, deliver some of the commissions or drop off some of your... Uh, heroes that are on your cart, you're going to do several different things. You, first off, you have to land on your excursions and then you're going to choose a companion. So there's companion cards that are these animals and they are pretty cool. Um, yeah. There's always three of them available in the little tableau. Uh, the rightmost one, which will be the oldest one in the tableau, is going to have a dice on it. And we'll tell you what that dice does here in a minute. Um, but you're going to select one of them 
and they're going to have little powers on them that you can activate by putting certain little um, fire crystal tokens mm -hmm. onto them. And they kind of give you one-time little bonuses. Blazing time. quartz. The fire quartz? Blazing. Blazing quartz. Blazing quartz. Yeah. So it's a little crystal that you're going to basically that's what helps give. to melt the ice in places and things like that. And the, and they see it as a gift, I believe, yeah. to these animals. And they're going to do things for you if you give them these gifts. Like there's a, a phoenix and a little dragon and um, little mice and lions and bees and things. And um, so, yeah, well, you're going to choose a companion and you're going to keep that companion. And they're going to come in handy one way or another. And then you're going to declare where you're going. And you're going to say, I'm going to either this green area, the purple area, or the blue area, encompassing two towns each. And then you're going to ask everyone else at the table if anyone else wants to go on this excursion. And, oh, and you also have to declare where you're going and how you're getting there. Are you right. taking the dark road or are you taking the shortcut? The dark road is kind of your normal way of getting there. The shortcut is a whole different set of cards that you're going to access, but you have to pay uh, three, three lanterns. lanterns in order to access those cards. Shortcut because you've got light on your cart, so yes. it's lighting the way so you can get there. Um, yeah. You can get there quicker because it might be a little more tough to get there, but you can see where you're but going. You can at least see where you're going because yeah. you're going to have these lanterns. So thematically, it's pretty cool. You have to pay these three lanterns to, yeah. to, to get down that road. It's kind of like the darker dark road yeah you know it's the part where <laughs> yeah <laughs> you need lanterns to be able to see to get yeah. through the shortcut so you decide on whether uh where you're going and if you're taking the dark road or a shortcut and then everyone else at the table has the option to to join you or not if you're taking um the dark road well no we'll explain that in a minute yeah. <laughs> um then you're going to take a travel die for each person going so you're going to have one for yourself one for Everyone that's joining. So say me and Anna Marie were both going, I'd have two dice. But because I took the rightmost um, animal animal companion, I actually got a third die. So it's kind of an incentive to get you to take the older card that's on the table that may or may not be great for you, but it's going to give you a better option to get yes, like, better odds of getting come higher numbers. Heavily. Yeah. While while you're on these traveling trips, so what you're going to do is you're going to reveal a card from these two decks. There's the uh, the dark road deck. And then there's the shortcut deck. So depending on where you're going, you're going to re re reveal a card. And it's going to tell you a little cool uh, thematic story about what's going on. Um, and it's going to give you a whole bunch of options below it as to what each die roll is going to get you. So you're going to take the die and you're going to roll them. Say we had the three that I had. And you're going to get maybe a, a six, a four, and a two. Right? And then you're going to look at the card and... At the very bottom of the card, it's going to tell you what those die rolls could get for you. Right. And generally speaking, the higher the roll, the better uh, the items or situation you're going to find yourself right. in. And the lower the rolls, you're usually going to end up Negative losing a, an item or having to downgrade an item or, give or away pay money, money yeah. or something. And the way that this is divvied up is the cool part is that if you went down the dark road, so the normal way, yeah. whoever led the expedition is going to get first choice of the die. You're going to draft these die out. So I, and if that was the roll and it was a six, a four, and a two, likely I'd be taking the six for myself. And then you would have the choice of the four or the two. Yeah. And those die will dictate to you what you get on that card. And that's simple as it gets. And then, however, if we'd gone down the shortcut, so the shortcut cards generally have a lot better kind of scenarios more like swingy more like really good benefits but potentially really bad 
negative aspects. Yeah. Um, so they're kind of like a big gamble. Yeah. And but the problem with that is that if you led the expedition, the person to your left actually gets to draft first. So in that case, you would have first pick of the the die and I would have to draft second. So you would have the first pick of uh, the best die out there. So that's the kind of little neat thing that goes on there. But once you've, um, yeah, you've uh, drafted out your die and you've uh, got what items you might have got from the uh, the road card, you're actually going to actually make it now to your destination. And say we were going to Fargren and Windglass. They're the two green towns. I would then drop off the people that are wanting to go to uh, these towns and you can only go to one of the two. Yeah. So if I was going to Fargo, I could only drop people and commissions at Fargo. But yeah. you, even if you had people for Windglass, yeah, even you if still I couldn't others. go there, but I can only deal with one town at a time. Yeah. You, however, wouldn't have to just go to Fargo. You could decide, no, I'm not doing anything Fargo. I'm going to go to Windglass. Yeah. And still, I can only choose one of the two, but yeah. it doesn't have to be the same. But one. It doesn't have chose. to be the same one I'm doing. And then, um, yeah, you're going to drop off your people. In this in this instance, I'd get two prestige points per person I dropped off there. And then the uh, commissions, if I had any for there, I would get several uh, prestige points uh, depending on off. how many items I, I dropped off. And then at the once you're done figuring out, out those things, there's a little part down at the bottom that's going to give you some bonuses. And there's about six or yeah six bonuses I think you can pick from sort of thing. Well, actually, there's more than that. So... You're going to, if you did a dark road card to get here, you're going to be able to either add a yellow daytime die to your pool, which mm -hmm. could be help. It just increases your numbers and uh, probability, right? Or you can take what's... Uh, I forget like what a game called. end scoring card. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're a yeah. book that gives you a game end scoring ability. So you could grab one of those. And there's, there's always two available in the middle of the board. And you can take one of the ones that are face up, or you can draw one up off the top of the pile. If you take one of the ones that are face up, it's going to give you a little bonus beside it um, for some prestige points or a horseshoe or an item or something. They're called deed cards. Deed cards, sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're they're game and scoring yes. cards. And you can see, yeah, there's two face up, or you can draw off the top and take your chances. Or you could take some money, or you could take these little tiles that will cover up the uh, little action spots on those columns on your, your player board. Um, your cart. On your cart, <laughs> yeah. And they're going to, you know, slightly improve the things that you can do. But you can only ever have one uh, per game. So this is kind of like a one-time deal as far as those little tokens go. Except for there's one character there's that's There's one upgrade, have, uh, yeah. Uh, one of your upgrade lets you do it. Yeah, so you don't want to let those people get all of them. Yeah. But yeah, so you're going to take all your bonuses and, um, and uh, be on your way. And then you're... Whoever came with you on the expedition is going to uh, deliver their people and their goods, but then they don't get the bonuses. It's only no. the person that led the expedition that's going to get that. And so you explained that you get one of those four actions if you took the dark road. Yeah. Now, the benefit to taking the shortcut is right. that you get to whoever led the excursion. They may have gotten a lower draft pick in the dice when they're drafting but, the dice, but they get to choose two of those two four bonuses. Options. And that's pretty slick. It can be. Um, it can be pretty skookum. Yeah, uh, depending instance, on where you're you could at. take two game and scoring cards right there, right? So the, yeah. and they can be pretty hefty. And yeah, so that's a that's kind of what's going on here. I think that's you a, have to take two different ones though, don't you? I think you can take two of the same. I don't know. We have know. to look at that, but yeah, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Either way, getting any two bonuses is, is a big awesome. thing. Um and that's kind of the way the game works is that uh these items are going to be 
uh, for sale at different rates up and down. And they're constantly going to be changing and you're constantly trying to sell items to people to get them to come onto your to your uh, your carriage and to deliver them out to these these little remote towns and same with the Queen's Commissions and trying to deliver those goods. And so the interesting part here is how the end of the game yeah. works. So all of this sounds relatively, I mean, it's kind of, it's a lot to take in audio wise, yeah. <laughs> but it's relatively simple. Like the idea of what you're doing, but the thing you have to balance this game is your money. So everything that you sell as well as your prestige points, because at the end of the game, so there's three different things. There's money, prestige, and then there's victory points. And the victory points are totally different than prestige points. Yes. Prestige points are are are. Uh, they counted. look like a victory mark they, tracker. Yeah, there's like a tracker on the outside of the yeah. board, but that's not your victory points. Those, Those are, are prestige. your prestige points, and that's keeping track of your prestige points, which is different than victory points. And what you're going to have to do is, d- depending on where you are on that prestige track, and how much money you have, you're going to have to find the difference. And you're going to have to take the lower of the two. And those are going to become your baseline for your victory points. So if you ended up with $28 and 35 prestige points, you're starting at 28 for your victory points. So you have to balance it. If the game forces you to, you can't have 42 uh, prestige points and $10. You can, but you'll lose. But you're starting at 10. (laughs) You'll probably lose. Because victory points are few and far between. Yeah, the victory points are few and far between. So what you're going to do uh, to calculate up your baseline is you're you're going to get all those end of game scoring cards that we talked about those deeds and yep. you're going to go through them and and count up whatever they might give. They might to give you. you some prestige. They might give you some money. Yeah. And then yeah. And we, then you're going to figure out which one you have most of prestige or money, and then use whichever the other. one's less, yep. you go with that. And then you're going to have a few extra cards that might give you the odd victory point here and there, but that's going to be it, and that's going to be your end score. Yeah. And every time we play, it is extremely tight. Yes. And so it's a very well balanced game. Yes. That way. It is. It really is well balanced. And that is the game in a nutshell. There's have I thought, have I forgotten much? Thing. Okay. Only one thing that I wanted to mention. <laughs> it's been, it's been a, this one's been a tough one to explain because you did there's awesome. a lot, there's a lot on this board. The only thing that I wanted to mention is one thing when we were playing our first game that came up was like, there are 13 rounds in this game, but there's no round tracker, round right. counter on the board. Right. And we're like, how do you count your round, like your rounds? Because 13 is a weird number it to is. count. And so how you do that is all done with your dice. So you start off, and it's all with your night, your night die, yeah, night dice. So you start off with your three pre-filled in that one, those spots, and then your four in your wheel. So yep. you have seven. So you're going to be pushing up those four nighttime die one turn at a time one round at a time yep. up into moving your one of your three spots up every time you uh you take a turn at the end of your turn in your rest phase you get rid of that nighttime die you put it to the side um the one that you used yep now you have let's say it was the beginning of the game now you have three left in your wheel mm-hmm. three above it yep then after you do three more turns, you've got three still in the middle, but you've got nothing left in your wheel. Yep. So then you take out one of those four die that you've set aside. You put it away. It's now out of the game. You roll the three die that are left, put them in your yep. wheel. So now you have three die in your wheel. That's right. So you do that again. Once you get rid of all those three die, three, so three more turns, you do the same thing. One goes out of the game. You roll the two. 
You just keep repeating right. that. <clears throat> Once you have no die left in your wheel, you only have the three left. Um, those are, gonna be your those last are your last three, three turns. turns. Yeah. So that it it amounts to or it counts up to thirteen turns. Yep. And that's that's your round your round tracker. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's a tricky way of of doing it, but it does work. Once you've done um, it a couple times, it makes sense. It's just yeah. yeah. So that is as best as we're gonna do for yep. explaining how this game works because it's fairly tricky. So what we need to talk about is, uh, well, revisit the theme. How does the theme? Uh, work in this game does it does it lend well i think it really does i think it does yeah because yeah, you sure. totally feel like the whole point of the game is going on the dark road right it's called yes. the merchants of the dark road and it feels like you are going out on these trips you're collecting things and you're going out on the trips to deliver these goods so i think the theme comes through really really well yeah um and you agree i do yeah the only thing i was kind of confused is why you have a daytime die you have like there's you have sure. like seven nighttime die and one daytime. I don't know why it wouldn't have been like a lantern die or something. But yeah. either way, the that's so minute and minor. Yes. But, but um the theme does come through really well. It comes through very well. You're um, you got the dark road, you're traveling, you're trying to deliver goods, um being the best merchant. Like I yeah, I think yeah, they You're just trying to be the best at what you can do and make you know, we're both making money and we're both delivering people and you know keeping the economy going mm -hmm. and whoever did a little bit better than the other wins and it's not like it, the way that they make you balance your prestige and your money makes it so you you're never running away with the game because no. like in all the games we've played you can be sitting there and you know some games if somebody is way far ahead of you in the prestige track yeah you never like oh man oh. they're slaying me because you know like well i've got about equal money and equal prestige it's a lot less than them but i know where i'm where my baseline is but that's one thing we forgot to mention is that you have a um what are these things going oh it's screen. like a, a screen yeah. um and so you have all your money hidden behind your screen so you never know how much money your opponent has yeah. Um, so or you can see their, their, their prestige points are. and where they're at. They're wow, she's about 10 or 12 prestige ahead yeah. of me, but I've got a bit of money here and, and she I doesn't like know that. how much I have. Yeah. So everything is, yeah. It, you it, can see half of it, but you can't see the other half. And I, yeah, yeah, it's very, very cool. Um, so yeah, theme, great. Yep. Uh, artwork, uh, tremendous. Yeah. It's very um, nice that it's like dark muted colors. Yeah. I on the board. wouldn't expect anything different yeah. from, uh, Elf Creek. They yep. always knock artwork out of the park. Like each character card is different art. Yeah, every single character. And there's probably like forty characters yeah, I don't know. in this, and they're all different. They all have different names, different art. Fantastic. All the creatures have great artwork. Uh, the board is beautiful. Um, the the box is beautiful. Everything is great um, as far as artwork is concerned. Really, really, really good. And like I said, I wouldn't expect anything different from Elf Creek. They yeah. go all out with their artwork. And that brings us to the components, and I'll say the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, components it. are They're tremendous. So the dice are great. the the um, The Great Bazaar wheel wheel is magnetic to the board. Yes. So you just go whap whoop, and it onto the board it goes, and it doesn't move, and you spin it around. It's awesome. Fantastic component. Everything's high quality. Yeah. Dice, uh, cardboard bits, the player boards. Uh, everything is just the, top the, notch. The um, the items with their upgraded shiny side. Yeah, the fancy side it's is like a shiny yeah. gold. The dice are like marble, so yep. it's like blue and white marble for the night die, and like kind of orange, ye orangey yellow and white for the yep. for the day die. And yeah, yeah, it's great. The it, cards so, are good quality. Yeah, yeah everything. Art is awesome. components, absolute top notch. Elf Creek doesn't mess around when it comes to that stuff. Clearly. Yep. 
Uh, they have a great track record of that. So that brings us to whether or not we recommend this game. And if so, who do we recommend it for? Um, this one, I do highly recommend. Yes. I've, I've really enjoyed playing this. But it was a tough learn. Yes. And it was a tough teach because I was... During even learning it, I was still doing a few things wrong. I think it's a tough... And I was teaching yeah. a few things wrong. And it was it got like a little frustrating being like okay and i had to refer to the book so many times yeah. and it it but but after that first one yes once you get the hang of it and you're like oh, okay that makes sense i was doing that wrong this makes sense that's the way this works once you once it clicks for you this game does um move fairly quickly however however, <laughs> however so we played several games of this we've played at three and two yes and our three player game was our first game so that one and was it took Forever. Forever. It was yeah. Learning and playing at three players was a bit of a mistake. So I don't recommend no. learning with more than two people. And I also don't recommend learning and playing it at like night, like after dinner. Like no. You know, like this is one you want to kind of learn on your own time and then and then play it once you kind of know what you're doing. Because to learn it and play it in an, in an evening, yeah, it's stretched way too long there is a solo variant on this game too so yes. i haven't looked into that because we play we don't play solo no but that might be a good way but, to learn it too is to learn the solo get the idea of the game and yeah. then and then teach it to someone but i i think this would benefit too from teaching after you've played it you know like i do do a two-player maybe one or two times yes and then introduce a third person yeah. get them to play it sure or even them playing two-player a couple times and then I think that's the only way that the yeah. time could go down with three or but four players. Even, even at knowing this game well, now that we do, and uh, we even timed ourselves, um, the time on the box of 60 to 90 minutes is right not out, just out the window. I don't know if, if 60 was done for a solo play. Perhaps. Maybe. But, but I don't think you could do a two-player two game player, in 60 minutes. For a two-player, we were minutes. still like two hours. Just under, right? yeah. yeah. So like so, we could maybe, maybe after like even more plays of this you could maybe shave it to, to 90, 90 minutes but i don't see how you could shave it more like unless no. you're not enjoying the game that's the thing like you could you could maybe do it faster if I you're just know. like go go I, go 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 but that but then you're not enjoying the game and yeah, I, I i don't know i think this is a minimum 90 minute game yeah. i think you're looking at especially at more than two players you're looking at two hours easily yes and for i this game i think if you went to four players i don't know how you could do it in two yeah, hours i, I think I, I think I it would know. be a long, and I think, again, if all four players have like have played a lot and they know what they're doing, Perhaps, then then it would be fine. I but I think with four players, you'd have a lot of downtime in between turns. And yes, that's, downtime would be a thing, and um, that's where. So, in our experience, playing with two has been really, really good. Yeah, but it still is a ninety-minute, yeah, game. So I think for sure. I haven't played with four. I think three would be fine if, if all three players, once all three players know the game, yeah. I think it would still have a nice flow. Um, this, I mean, two had, had a really two nice was flow. awesome. Back yeah. and forth, back and forth. Do, 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 do. It was great. But still took us, like today, nearly under just under two hours. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a lengthy, lengthy game. It's a tough learn. But it's very good. Uh, but it's very good. Once you get there, it's yeah. really, really good. And I think the price is right, too. I think this game is not uh horribly priced at all for for the quality and uh yeah um 
length, you know, the amount of game you get to play yes. for this is, I think is, is, is fantastic. So absolutely. Yeah. That's a big two thumbs up from us. I think here yeah. in Meeple Dungeon, uh, just, yeah, the time is much longer than it says on the board and yeah, they teach a bit of a, but it's still worth very, very worth playing. We'll love it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If you like these type of games, if you like kind of pick up and deliver, uh, this is it. It's really, really good. Um, highly recommend it. So, yeah. Uh, we're running a little bit late here. This will probably be our longest episode I think ever. So. <laughs> we're an hour and seven minutes here. If you've stuck with us the whole way, thank you. Really appreciate that. But we're going to run. You can find us on Twitter, uh, at Meeple Dungeon, YouTube, the Meeple Dungeon. Contact us on our email, uh, the Meeple Dungeon at gmail.com. And you can get our podcast on all the major podcasting sites, uh, including Apple. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you can catch us Tell all over. So, I uh, think that's it for today. We will see you next week. Cheers. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye.